0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another wonderful week of DQ with Damani. This is your host, D-A-M-A-N-I, Le Tigre. We, we, we O-U-A-I-S. Yeah. I am back after some major and I mean major developments in the combat sports world. Firstly, we gotta talk about FA Ajago, man african giant of course aside from my two other african brothers deontay wilder anthony joshua and of course you've got guys like dan aziz in there overall there's a healthy amount of african fighters in the game right now across boxing mma and wrestling so combat sports we're eating we're eating let's just keep it real we're eating right now But all jokes aside, Ajagba got some great rounds in the bank against sturdy challenger Joe Goodall. The Australian was coming off of two knockout victories, his latest being an upset victory over Stephen Shaw, who a lot of people thought was going to win. Goodall's second loss, unfortunately, came via knockout, flipping the script on the rising heavyweight. He has lost a bit of momentum from losing to Ajagba. Absolutely at the end of round four it was ajogba who progressed forward ajogba takes the number 14 spot in the division sitting just between jared big baby anderson the real big baby might i add and joseph parker who picked up an impressive win on the francis and versus tyson fury undercard which i will be discussing don't think that i forgot and you know i'm not gonna cap about that fight so look forward to it please do There is finally a little bit more upward mobility in the heavyweight division, which applies pressure on the people closer to the top. They are getting squeezed in now. For example, Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz, and Anthony Joshua all must get a deal done somehow to avoid anyone below them overtaking them on the rankings. Zile Zhang, Filip Hergovic, and other names are hot on the heels of the top five. At this point, y'all... There's way too much talent at heavyweight for the competition to be stalling like this. I'm keeping it 100. At this point, I'm like a broken record, calling out all of this shady stuff out at what was supposed to be the premier division of the sport. I don't understand this. For the quote-unquote premier division, we're lacking right now. What's going on, y'all? I don't know when the matchmakers and promoters will get it, but until they do, we'll be seeing people fade in and out of the heavyweight picture slowly. These guys are gonna start dropping like flies in the heavyweight division. And if you don't believe me, just keep your eyes peeled. Joe Cordina That boy can throw. I don't know why people, once again, I, I, I keep having these discussions with you all about counting people out and then when they win, all of a sudden everybody was a fan all of a sudden all of these people are fans these people were major supporters of joe cordina or anybody else who fits into this specific category because this has happened if you've noticed several times this year already and several times last year as well so i don't know when people are gonna get it just stop counting these guys out really it's ridiculous over the weekend prior let's just get it straight oshaki foster made a strong case for himself as well the division is heating up and i've mentioned it several times because the title picture is coming together very nicely yes super featherweight isn't like the other divisions like super middleweight where everyone is waiting in line with their hands out please this is boxing ebt begging for a chance people are stationary and praying for a handout from their promoter and canelo which is sad to see the older generations did not have to deal with this the super featherweights are once again displaying exactly why the lower divisions are where the action is at there is no time to be wasting sitting on hands lollygagging all of the super featherweights are active and remain a fixture of the sport even though boxing media doesn't want to talk about them The lower weight classes almost never get talked about. If you paid attention, once again, if you've been paying attention to the show and you've been paying attention to the way that boxing is covered, the only people in the lower weight classes who get talked about are guys who have already undisputed or guys who are moving up or are in the process of moving up. The only time people care about Inoue is when they're dropping a pound-for-pound list. The only time people talk about Emmanuel Navarrete is when they're discussing Mexican fighters, not fighters overall, just specifically in that category. It always has to fit into a specific mold in order for these guys to get coverage. And it's very disheartening because boxing is a sport where we depend entirely on all of the people's eyes, all of the people's ears, and all of the people's voices. Without those three things, this sport would suffer greatly. And I don't think that these guys are being done justice by both the media and the fans. But once again, like I said, these guys are remaining a fixture of the sport. Foster and Cordina currently occupy the number two and number four spots in the division with Erva Vaquero Navarrete, who I just brought up, at the number one spot with lee wood sitting in between the two men at number three three of those four men have belts currently with the odd one out being lee wood who just moved up from featherweight last week the dominican legend put it on for all us dominicans even though he lost a tank still put up a good fight hector luis garcia holds the wba championship in the division which rounds it all out to five men at the top of the division Super Featherweight is stacked with talent that is undeniable. Two belts are already on the same side of the street currently. Oshaki Foster and Joe Cordina are both signed to the Zone Matchroom. That fight should be extremely easy to make, and I don't see there being a reason that Cordina and Foster don't fight one another other than one man pricing the other man out. The Super Featherweight division shows and continues to show that divisions can still move forward without consumer interest knocking down the greedy promoters in the business down a rung on the combat sports ladder well all my ufc fans i know you guys aren't entirely too happy about this one but it's still a fight nonetheless for the ufc middleweight championship of the world sean strickland versus drickus Duplessis is official we haven't necessarily received a specific date yet, but we do know that it's happening according to Dana White. I think Dana is really starting to pull out all the stops when it comes to making all of these title fights happen. There are a lot of contenders waiting for their shot. And unlike boxing, he wants to make sure that all of these guys are adequately represented in and out of the cage. He's like, look, make your case. Let me know what's going down. If you feel that you deserve this fight, tell me why. The next time you go out there in that cage, either knock the guy out, dominate him, and then we'll talk. We'll see what's going down. The guy ends up pulling the victory. Everything works out in his favor. Gets a championship shot. That's exactly what we need in boxing. But it's not happening. So we have to live out all of our fantasies regarding matchmaking through MMA, unfortunately. But that's what it's come to. Regardless, I still do enjoy talking about it. I love the sport. I love all the people who participate in the sport. I've enjoyed training MMA. But overall, I do have to say that the business models between both are very different. And I wish that we were able to find a happy medium between the way both operate. We do want healthcare for the people who are involved. But at the same time, we do want everybody to get paid. And at the same time, we want everybody to be able to get opportunities at world championship fights. So, something's got to give. Francis Ngannou has proven himself to not just the boxing community, but the combat sports community at large. The entire world had the opportunity to see boxing's Gypsy King, the so-called true heavyweight champion of the world, fall from grace once again. That boy was flat on his back. He got cooked.
1: He got his ass cooked. Hey, he got cooked. Hey, you didn't go down oh, like that. Huh?
0: He got cooked. I'm not hearing nothing. So many people counted Ngannou out and it disappoints me to this day. To this day. To this day. To this day. You just sit here and you don't know what I'm talking about. The heavyweight champion looked down on Ngannou too it was incredibly clear that Tyson Fury didn't take him seriously. Whatever camp that boy had definitely was not focused on dealing with unorthodox striking because his defense and shot selection were not great. He was able to land shots on him, but just generally the shot selection and the defense, like I just said, they were not great. Decent, definitely not up to code with his other performances other than his jab to the head into the body tyson fury's offensive tactics did not work francis Nganu is a master at chase down within the octagon closing distance quickly like that boy is a shark in the water he's jaws in there he's called the predator for a reason some of his best knockouts have stemmed from rushing forward like Against Biggie Boy Rosenstreich, that man rushed forward with the force of 10,000 sons. Tyson Fury's father, John Fury, didn't think much of Ngannou either. They both thought that he would be sluggish, comparing his physical makeup to that of Anthony Joshua's, believing he would gas himself out. They were wrong. It was a massive error of judgment from both John and Tyson Fury to not take Ngannou seriously, During the fight, he showed he was beyond underprepared for someone he considered to be subpar competition. He didn't even think he was real comp, y'all. Disrespectful. While many people believe this fight to be a disgrace to the sport of boxing, I personally am satisfied with the results because every single point that I made about Tyson Fury has been validated. I spoke the truth. And some of my fans from the UK didn't like what I had to say. Obviously, like I always say on this show, I'm going to keep it 100 on the DQ with Damani podcast. But now that we're here in the fallout of one of the biggest crossover fights since McGregor versus Mayweather, let's get real. No more capping. Tyson Fury has disenfranchised the heavyweight division for too long. He hasn't had any credible challengers on his resume since he defeated Deontay Wilder. I respect him for fighting Derek Chisora again. Yes, Chisora is talented, very talented, ranked number 11 currently, but avoiding competition to make money has finally come back to prove the people right. Tyson Fury was embarrassed had his face swelled and almost knocked out by an outsider he thought he could just walk over like he did his other competition this is what happens when you let money fame and power to decide who you want to fight to take over you get humbled and humbled is exactly the state that tyson fury is in with Alexander Usyk cringing in the crowd. That boy was clutching his chin. He's like, "Oh, oh. Oh no. Oh no, this is this is not the heavyweight champion of the world. This is this ain't him. This this ain't this ain't your king. This is not him. Absolutely not. That boy was cringing. I know the whole heavyweight neighborhood is rubbing their hands right now. Everyone knows that Tyson Fury is vulnerable now, especially after the performance he had against Oh, oh, my goodness. I, I can't even finish this sentence, y'all. I, I really want y'all to understand just how devastating this is for Tyson Fury. Everyone is hunting for his head now. It's scary hours for that man. He's going to have to clutch up in the lab because everyone is coming for his head. So after a couple of sections in the last few episodes about it, we finally have a clash between Jamal Charlo and Jose Benavides. The fight is official, the two men have had their first official press conference, and once again, the world is ready to see what the middleweight division has to offer. However, there have been some interesting modifications to the fight. Let's take a listen.
1: When you when you've looked at video uh, of Jamal Charlo, what gives? you... All he you see is me knocking somebody the fuck out. I don't got look to at video. He's fucking What, what gives you your shit. biggest you don't confidence, don't confidence have... going into this fight, Jose? Yeah, what gives you your big? What, why you so confident, scrub? So you gotta be confident. That's what you gotta be right. You be gotta be because don't seem like you you're confident see, you in me. your you motherfucking you you self. You don't see how you. shut your ass.
0: You don't see. He's not a boy. Okay. You said what you said. Thirty-two of them. They're all bums. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I just got to interject here right quick. I got to make an editor's note. How is bro calling all of his opponents bums when the last guy he fought was 35 and 15? 36 and 15. I I, I don't understand how he has the audacity to call all of Jermall's past opponents bums when he fought a guy who was 35, 36, and 15. Makes no sense, y'all. What's going on? What's going on? And then he, uh, I, I, I'm gonna just let it play, y'all. I don't know what's going on. They
1: all blown huh? Okay, why? I see your like Terrence Crawford and none of them. I'm not talking about it. fights. I'm I talking about. I haven't even studied team you team. at you all. I don't even know how you fight. I saw you in person. That's you, are, you ain't never seen me in person. Shut up. You ain't never seen me in person. You scrub. You ain't hey, never Ma, seen me. Ma, what? One of the things Jose asked you at the very top was. Why aren't, why aren't you me. guys fighting at 160? Why aren't you fighting for your title? Can you respond to that? Man, I'm listening to the handlers. I'm I'm listening to what uh, the WBC is telling me. And uh, I'm going in the fight. Uh, I'm about to start training camp tomorrow. So, like, you know, I'm getting ready right now. Look, look, look at him, look you worry about you're starting training camp I'm, start, I'm about to start training camp is, uh, hey
0: jamal is this is this the first since it is at uh, 163 is this the first step towards eventually fighting at 168 where his brother that's campaigns a, and you know canelo where everyone thinks a, that you'll end up
1: yeah yes sir this, this is the first step to like you know what i mean uh getting to the next Weight class. I'm going uh, to use the little big brother with his with his little man syndrome. I'm going to use him. Hey, brother. I'm as big as you. I'm, I'm use, as big I'm as you. What you, you mean, mean? near bigger big me. What you mean? I'm bigger uh, see, than you. What the fuck? you see. we start the eating the fuck fucking jabs in the right hands. Okay. You'll see. You'll see how big you is. We'll see how big you Jump okay. up there and get it. Jump up there and get it. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna whoop your ass. I'm gonna get your phone so you can brush your I'm fucking happy ass fucking hair too. You ain't never move. Benavidez, uh, Jose Benavidez, great fighter. Got nothing bad to say about you. You'll see when we get in there. You know what I mean? You're gonna have to make the adjustments. Keep running your mouth, mister. You'll see when we get in there. You've been training for a while. but Why don't you want to fight at 160 then? There's no discipline there, is there? Okay. Are like, Why are you sweating? Fight for you I fight, huh? fight at once. I'm the champ at 160. Exactly. So why don't you fight at 160? Why do you want right. to make a catch? fight at 160. You, you, you yeah. can't make I don't got this, Okay. No, I'm good. Okay. I could have. I could have made fight at whatever I wanted it to be. Yeah. You need yeah, to, exactly, fight me. You I don't fight to fight. Exactly. But you chose to fight at 163 for now. to, and you, and to you want to defend your title. What you happened need with to that? Fight me. You, fight fight you. To fight uh, you I'm going to fight all you. Right. Don't worry yeah. about that. I'm going to fight you. Yeah, I'm going to so, beat right, the fuck out so, of so you. Your you already look out. You, you already scared. Why are you sweating me. for it? You already sweating. Sweating. Okay, sweating
0: so, as you all just heard, there is a lot of negative energy between the two. They are talking up a storm. We know that both of the Charlo brothers can talk. We know this. We've been hearing them talk for years. They've beefed with every single fighter whether you're below weight class, like Tank, Richardson Hitchens, or you're above a weight class, they don't care. They will beef with everyone in the business. The fact that Jamal and Caleb Plant are beefing right now is proof of this. Ridiculous. And I'm, I'm not going to mince any words here. Historically, Jose Benavides has never been humble. Which is the exact opposite of his raza heritage. We know that Mexican fighters are generally quiet, generally very humble, very respectful. But Jose, he don't give. He 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 does not care. He does not care. All of that tradition, being a great humble Mexican fighter, he he cares for absolutely none of that. His brother David, yes, David Benavidez, yes, absolutely, he fits that mold. But Jose, no, he's very uncharacteristic of that mold. All of his opponents have had an earful from him, especially Terrence Crawford. But trash talking Crawford was a huge mistake and it led to Jose receiving the worst beating of his boxing career. That boy was knocked out. Let's just be real here, y'all. That boy got slept. Crawford hurt that man. The word humble is not in Jose Benavidez's vocabulary. Jose definitely has the right to be pissed off with Jamal Charlo and the WBC, though. I'm not going to say that he has absolutely zero reason to be frustrated. He should be calm. Why are you disrespecting the champion like this? No, it's completely reasonable, and it's completely justified. I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea here. When the contract was sent to him, He knew that he was going to be walking into a 12-round world championship fight at 160 pounds. Now, after a crazy change of heart, the fight gets changed to a 10-round, 163-pound catchweight with no ranking or belt on the line. This changes money, this changes exposure, and this hurts Jose Benavidez's stock. If you know anything about boxing business and the politics of boxing, then you know that world title opportunities are incredibly hard to come by. In a situation like this, after finally picking up a couple of wins, granted against a guy who was 36 and 15, losing a title opportunity can ruin several camps, sponsorship deals, and other access to money. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on with the Cruiserweight rankings right now, bruh? Why is Zurdo Ramirez ranked number one, no belt, just for his first fight in the division, and they have him ranked higher than the ring magazine champion Jay Opatia. That makes absolutely no sense. The kid is undefeated, 23-0, Australian beast, and somehow, somehow, they have an inflated 175-pounder ranked at number one, who just had his first fight in the division, a title eliminator for the, no, y'all, I, I, I can't make this up. When I talk about craziness happening in this sport, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And if you think that I'm joking about these rankings, you can check for yourself right now as you are listening to me live on the air. This makes no sense to me. How can we have this happen? and this pushed everyone down. Chris Billum Smith down. Lawrence O'Colley, although he did lose, got moved down. Richard Riechpoh moved down. For what? What's going on, y'all? We we got to fix this sport. Uh, this is this is getting crazy. All right. So, this upcoming Saturday we have a doubleheader from the zone. We've got one card over in the UK. In Newcastle, Shabazz Massoud versus Jose San Martin for the WBA Intercontinental Super Bantamweight Championship of the World. That obviously is a vacant title, leapfrog title, like I always talk about, that gives guys higher ranking, puts them in title contention, etc. On the undercard, we've got 5-0 Mark Dickinson, ranked at 174. Grant Dennis, 18 and five record could be a little bit better, but for two middleweights, this is definitely a good challenge for Mark. Of course, that same day, much, much later, eight, nine o'clock, I'm assuming we've got Irma Garcia versus Stephanie Silva, number 18 and number two, respectively, in the super flyweight division. That is going to be for the IBF Super Flyweight Championship of the World and being a women's fight, a women's world championship fight, I am obviously very excited for that. And of course, next week on the 16th of November, we have Shakur Stevenson versus Edwin De Los Santos for the vacant WBC Lightweight Championship of the World on the undercard. Emmanuel El Vaquero Navarrete, who we've spoken about several times already. This episode will be taking on Shakur's previous opponent, Robson Conceicao for the WBO World Super Featherweight Championship. Timmy, you and I have looked around and said, wow, It starts to fill up the place. There's a reason for that. Everybody wants to catch a wave when you're dealing with greatness.
1: I'm a superstar in this foot. You line them up, name them. I'm ready for whoever. You can already argue that Shakur Stevenson is the best fighter in the world. There are other things you can't measure. Guys who turn him down. Guys who refuse to say his name. Hey, for now, bro. For now. Just tell all them other lightweights, get ready. Tell them, come on.
0: one more thing just before we leave off for the weekend Jiri Porhoska alex Pereira, sergey pavlovich tom aspinall jessica andraj mackenzie dern the names go on and on and on this saturday at ufc 295 in the main event light heavyweight championship of the world on the line we know what's going down at heavyweight same exact thing. Though I am hearing that this is going to be for an interim title. So I'm going to have to wait and see what goes down with the division moving forward. We know John Jones is hurt. We know Stipe doesn't care about anybody who isn't named John Jones. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things unfold for the UFC regarding the biggest and baddest men in the sport. All right, everybody, that just about gets me through everything I wanted to talk to you guys about. I am very, very happy that I was able to once again bring you guys the best lifestyle news and analysis the combat sports world has to offer you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Massive thank you to everyone who has continued to support my career and this show as a whole. You guys are amazing, and I would not be able to do this without you. Please, everyone, make sure you get some combat sports into your system this weekend. Whether you're watching MMA, whether you're watching boxing, or you decide to, you know, uh, decide to take a leap off the deep end and take a trip to the world of influencer boxing, make sure you're watching something. Once again, this is your host, D-A-M-A-N-I, Le Tigre himself, saying thank you and God bless. Be safe.